Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. This is Old School. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. What up? This is Jay Foreman rolling solo dolo on the old school. We are brought to you by the Mercado Certified Piedmontese located at 84th and Havelock. Uh, and their special ingredients. They have a, a butcher shop with take-home meals, pasta, their own sauces, their own spices, seafood, any cut type of meat with any type of cut. So the Mercado is uh, sponsoring us and bringing, in, bringing you here uh Solo Dolo with Jay Foreman and Nate, Nate O'Brennan. I was about to say, you're not solo. You got me on show. Well, you got to let me finish, man. You like, the, right. you like the average American. You're not an average, <laughs> you're not an average listener. You're an active listener. You know what active listening is, that you let people finish what they're saying and get their point across before you come off with your opinion. Hey, I'm taller than the average American, actually. Uh, I think the average height for a man uh, is 5'9", and I'm six foot. How about that? Yeah, you are. Uh, but you know, when you get older, like me, Nate, you start to, you know, shrink. You know, I was six three and a half. Now I'm about six two and a half. So uh, maybe it's either taking on a lot of ISO blocks or getting old. So, um, but look, man, hey, look, it's it's good to be uh, back and see. You know, we were throwing off a little bit with the game on Friday, and you know, kind of throws everybody off. But it was a good throw off since the Nebraska was able to, uh, you know, gut out a win. You know, it definitely wasn't pretty, um, as some games wouldn't be. But then also. I always, you know, the old saying goes, it's a, a, a pretty win is better than, or an ugly win is better than an ugly loss. So, um, Nate, what, what was your opinion or, or your first thought after, you know, the four zeros uh, at the end of the fourth quarter? Well, I'll, I'll tell you this much, and I went on a little bit of a rant uh, on, on the block, and I won't go into that much detail as I did before. <laughs> I've, I've seen... You, you went on a rant? I did. That. No, I, I went on a rant, and I was not happy, and... I, I'm still not really happy because I've seen on, on Twitter and social media so much that Nebraska fans are, are saying, oh, it's just Indiana. Oh, it's just Rutgers. Listen, these are two teams that Nebraska, if you would have told me after the Georgia Southern game, I would have said they wouldn't have won. These are games that in the past one score possession games that you wouldn't have won. And damn it, I don't care who it is. You're playing a night game in primetime against a Big Ten opponent it is a solid quality win. And especially where Nebraska is as a program, guess what? You're not a, a 9 10 win football team that can just walk into Rutgers and win. They won on by one point. They showed determination. It, they showed resilience in the second half because you got to remember, too, they were down 13 to nothing going into the second half. And they showed resilience. They came out on top. I'm tired of hearing, oh, it's just Rutgers. You know what? At this point, Nebraska, a win is a win. And I think that this is momentum moving forward. And this gives me confidence for the rest of the season. So I, I, I'm sick of seeing that, and I'm sick of hearing it. Yeah, I feel you, man. I think it's uh, this is the way it is. It's, it's um, you know, when you do good things or when you win, you know, that's, you know, dissected as if you yeah. if you lose. And then when you 
lose, sometimes, as we saw last year, it could be dissected as you win. And, uh, you know, um, you know, sometimes, you know, fans are never satisfied. Of course, you know, you know, here's what's funny. The majority of you younger folks or people that are on social media now don't want anything to do with the 90s. Right. Nebraska's Mm -hmm. past the 90s. But, you know, chances are Nebraska will never get back to that. And that's fine. I think most even Nebraska alumni and guys that played uh, from the 90s and always previous probably understand that and, and are OK with it. Just want us to be consistent and respected. Right. But the standards that they're actually, I guess, inadvertently or uh, indirectly holding Nebraska to is the 90s. Because when we would go if we played Rutgers it would be we have to beat them by 30. Mm-hmm. If we played Indiana, we would have to beat them by 30 right. or 40, right? And it has to look good. No penalties, no turnovers. It can't be close. So it's weird that, you know, when you hear people and you hear media members, all oh, the 90s, uh, you know, style doesn't work, X, Y, and Z, but that's exactly what they're saying. They're saying it without saying it. And it's like, you. It, it, and it's weird that, uh, and this has nothing to do with like me or anybody, but it's a, this is factual. It's like you don't want anything to do with what was successful. And you're trying, we, it's like we're trying to figure out a way to do it besides the way we can do it that we know that works. Mm. It's working other places. Now, it, come back and run the triple option, have Tommy Frazier throw the ball at times, eight times a game. That's not what we're saying. Right. The thing about the 90s, what made the 90s, 80s, 70s, and I'm assuming the 60s successful or one of these, Nebraska started to be, you know, one of the top programs for 30 or 40 years. It's just the principles that it was built on. And, and those principles will lead you to the assumption and expectations to fly out there to Rutgers, get off the bus, warm up, beat the brakes off them no matter who's playing, whether it's first, second, or third team, get back on the bus, playing to Lincoln, do it again against, you know, even a Purdue. Right. And we're, but we're not there yet. And so we're right. trying to hold these guys to an expectation that's not unrealistic. But we're also fighting how to get there. And it's the it's a, it's almost like a mental chaos. Like you you see you see that you know I, my perfect analogy that I always give it to is like uh, there was a class at the University of Nebraska called Greek mythology, one of my face, favorite classes of all time. You learned about Zeus and all this stuff, and you know uh, Troy and all that stuff, right? And so be, it just so happens that every single the, the test hasn't changed hadn't changed for years. So somehow you were able if you just kind of accidentally fell into the, the the answer key you would get 100 percent in the class right we we know that what works we know exact you know you, you just take it and mm-hmm. you know they you know whether we, you, you brought it in there with you or not that's a personal choice but if you kind of memorize it you'd be good well it seems like nebraska fans are that guy that says you know what i'm just going to try it on my own and they end up getting 75 percent, but they want to be rewarded for the hundred percent. And so maybe that analogy wasn't right on, but at the end of the day, we have the answer key. We right. just have to get back towards it. And it's not something that can be changed over two or three weeks with Mickey as the coach, new defensive quarter. It's something that, you know, as many years as you, that we, we have systematically and consciously unwound what made Nebraska, you know, one of the most respected programs in the nation, you have to do it, you know, maybe two times, to get back to where you can hold yourself consistently above water. Like I like to say, so, you know, look, it's a step in the right direction. I can guarantee you the, 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 uh, the, th- the thoughts and the, you know, the messages would be a lot different if uh, Nebraska had by chance lost that game um, 
you know, say 13 to 12 since we won, you know, and, and then it would be like, well, you know, you know, had too many turnovers, right. the quarterback position, the play calling. It's the same, it's the same messages, but we're winning. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um, and we're finding ways to win. There's, look, at you know, Nate, you've been only you know here for you know three or four years, but Trust me, over the last 10 years, Nebraska has found ways to lose more games than I think that it humanly possible um, in a season and lose to a, a Rutgers or a team like Rutgers, lose an Indiana game um, and, and, and flat out embarrass ourselves. Uh, heck, we just did it this year. Georgia right. Southern, nothing against Georgia Southern, Clay Heldon and all that stuff. But let's be honest. I mean, let's just. They've gone one and three since they beat Nebraska. Right. It, it, you know, so they shouldn't, you know, even Northwestern and there's nothing again. I love Pat Fitzgerald. I think he's done the most with nothing or not. I would say nothing because he's had some great players. The most with less than anybody in the nation. And I'd really be willing to argue you with that or against that. And, and, and if it is somebody else, he's easily one of the top four right. or five guys that's done the most. And so he's a phenomenal coach and well-respected program. But when you look at our roster, look at our coaches and look at our players and look at the guys we have back, regardless, of, and, and then also the additions, there's no way that should should happen. So, you know, I'm not saying that Nebraska fans should bury their head in the sands and think it's uh, all solved. But, you know, look, it's a step in the right direction and under adverse uh, conditions, con- considering the amount of turnover and turmoil. And I wouldn't say turmoil in the sense of inside the team. But, you know, look, it's regardless of what anybody wants to say about the head coach or former head coach is that he was a head coach for four years yeah. or four years and however many games. And there's players, regardless of, his, you know, what type of job people think he, he did or what he did at any point in time, that, that was still their coach. It's the person that they saw every day when they were, you know, coming to, you know, fall camp X, Y, and Z. That's the same defensive coordinator that I, I can, I can attest that those dudes on that team, when I was around respected and, you know, really believed in. You get what I'm saying? Now, there's other things that might, you know, th- of course, you could go back and have, you know, revisionist history in 2020 and, and figure out what could have been done uh, better. Um, but it's a, it's a lot of change for the, the these uh, players. It's a lot of change for the assistant coaches uh, because now they're looking over their shoulder and thinking, what if? And so um, for them to win two games after a bye week, after you just get obliterated by Oklahoma on national TV, mm-hmm. um, I definitely don't think Oklahoma is 35 points better in Nebraska, but they were that mm-hmm. Saturday and they, uh, could it embarrass us even more? And um, so it takes a lot of uh, cojones per se to, to, you know, rebound after that. And so that's a coaching job. That's a leadership job as far as the players and the coaches. And, um, you know, it, you know, the one good thing is, is these kids in across the board, you know, it, you know, every team, I think they learn more. Um, well, see, well, here, I'll say this. I learned a lot from failures. I learned a lot from adversity. I learned a lot from, you know, getting my butt kicked because I never wanted it to happen again. This generation is the Y generation. They don't really, they don't really love the process. They love the results. So you can teach them about the process after somehow you're able, you're able to coach and push them to get the results. And, and that's what they're doing. And that's what they did. So 
when they're sitting, you know, when they're in their meetings, whenever they are and, and, and uh, getting ready to practice and they're talking about, um, you know, offensively, we need to be more efficient up front. We need to get push up front. We need to get back to, you know, getting the, you know, running the ball over 100 yards a game as a, a clip or maybe for more 150, 175. Um, this is what we have to do. And we got to pass the ball more efficient. We have to catch the ball better. These are the things that you're getting their attention, even though you want. And so um, but it's also can't be. Uh, minimized in the sense because uh, they're better than than they, they played against Rutgers. But then also, um, you, if you kind of minimize it and, and gloss over it and say, "Oh, we won this, this, and this," then it can really bite you in the butt at a you know at a certain point in time, and then you got to you know hit the reset button. Not not as you know as bad as going to the bye week, but you have to got to go back and touch on some things. And so they're all fixable mistakes, right? Um, and they're easy. I wouldn't say easily fixable, but they're definitely attainable uh, by. Um, really honing in on the fundamentals and what you, you know needs to be done, and then also you got to make sure you you give Rutgers definitely their respect on the defensive side of the ball. You know, Greg Shiano is going to have them coached up. Um, their defense has been playing you know respectable defense all year all year long, and uh, so you knew that it was going to be tough sledding. But I also think that Nebraska could have you know made it a little bit easier on themselves as well. So um, you know, I think everything's pointed in the right direction, but there's a lot to work on. Even look, special teams have been pretty consistent. You know, every week we got a punt block, right? Uh, we need to shore that up. Um, we got to find a way to get, you know, maybe, you know, an explosive play or two in the return game. And so there's things that we need to do to continue along this. And it's, you know, we're going against a Purdue team. Don't, you know, there's no way that you can't say that we're motivated or there's nothing to be motivated about. You're, you're a 13, 14 point, point underdog. Um, and there's some payback from last year where that was Nebraska's, uh, I think one of the only eyesores last year, yeah. uh, especially defensively. And then, I mean, as a whole, it was a, a very lethargic effort. So, you know, and I don't think it was, you know, anything Purdue did, even though they took advantage of some of our, you know, mistakes, I think that we didn't match their intensity. So, um, you know, motivation shouldn't be a problem this week. Now we just got to be motivated in the sense of doing the things that we need to do during the week to, to make sure that we can, you know, prosper on Saturday night. Yeah, well, Purdue is the four-interception Adrian Martinez game, and this is the thing that I want to bring up to and ask you, Jay, and then ask the fans. Like, I think one of the biggest frustrations, at least last season, and, and you can look it over the entire time that Scott Frost was here, it was that those one-score games, it was just find a way to win. And damn it, like, say what you will about Rutgers, Nebraska found a way to win. Like, legitimately, that was the perfect game that fans have been asking for, have been craving, have been wanting. Nebraska did that. You're down 13 to nothing going into the second half. You make adjustments, and you find a way to win. And I think that's the biggest takeaway for me, Jay, is that despite everything that's happened, despite however this team would find ways to lose, they found a way to win. And that's, I think, something to build off of moving forward. Yeah, most definitely, and it's uh, <laughs> what mean, fans want. It's what fans want. Yeah, it's what I mean. Look, I can tell you this: if you go back and look at every national championship team, besides, I mean, '95, we didn't really have a close game, but right. just in the recent national championship, you know, teams or teams that win the Big Ten West or teams that win the Big Ten championship or whatever, there's always a game or two where they get taken to the, you know, the final minute and you got to withstand that. And, and, you know, by no means are we at that level, but in order for us to get to the point of getting back to be respectable and consistent football, uh, you got to learn how to win, you know, close and ugly games. You got to learn how to go in at at halftime and be third, you know, down 13, nothing Mm -hmm. 
and make adjustments and then also stay motivated on the defensive side of the ball and continue to pitch a shutout, you know, until the offense gets going and make timely turnovers, no matter how they give it to you, right? Yeah, they threw the ball right to Miles Farmer. So be it. Catch it. That's what you're right. supposed to do. You can't, you can't dictate who you play, and you can't dictate how they play. You can dictate how you play be, by your effort and your preparation. That's the only thing that matters, and that's really what, um, you know, I think Mickey and those guys are going to, you know, focus on is what we do. And um, so I'm excited to see where it goes, and uh, we'll see from there. But uh, – with that being said, that little uh, Rutgers recap, we got to get ready for the Purdue Boilermakers. We're going to go to a quick break here. Then we're going to be back in about five minutes on Old School. You're listening to Old School with DP and J. Download the mobile app and listen wherever you are on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, Bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 